What's up, everyone? My name is Wes, and you're listening to the Ear Coffee Podcast. Today's episode, I talked with all four members of St. Paul Quartet Robot Slide. The band recently released their long-in-the-works debut album, Extend. We got to chat about the 10-year creation process for the record, how their approach to creating music has evolved, their inspirations, and a whole lot more. Without further ado, here's my interview with Matt, Todd, Jake, and Liam of Robot Slide on the Ear Coffee Podcast. How are we doing this warmer than I expected morning? It's a gorgeous day. Mm-hmm. The sun is shining, the birds are chirping, and we're about to pod some casts. Um, Just to get everything going, if you want to do introductions, just uh, state your name and your role in the band, we'll go from there. Uh, Anyone who feels called by the Lord to go first can go first. (laughs) We'll just go around this way. I'm Todd, um, and I play drums in the band. I'm Matt, and I play um, keys and lead vox and Wurlitzer piano. Keyboard. Legit. My name is Liam. I play the bass, guitar, and Moog synthesizer and sing backup vocals. My name is Jake, and I play an MPC sampler and do vocals and kind of take care of the graphics for the band. So oh. a lot of the stop motion and promo materials and Rad. design stuff. I, this is totally unrelated, but because of uh, the promo for like the photo on your band camp where it's like all of you as kids for a second i was like is this a band of talented eight-year-olds yeah because like clarify. that's kind of badass but also like i don't know if i want to have eight-year-olds on the podcast and once i like <laughs> actually listen to the music I'm like okay th- these are these are actual these are not children yeah. okay we're it's good roblox, roblox slide <laughs> yeah so that photo is 2001 i think at mall of america oh. for a video game Competition, Smash oh. Brothers competition. Melee, I'm guessing, or uh, 64? Yeah, no, 64. 64. Or was it Melee? I think it was Melee. I think oh, Melee yeah. was out in 2001. Yeah. 2002. Yeah. Yeah. You were playing in the competition? Uh, Todd and Jake were playing. Oh, wow. yeah, we snapped, that we snapped that pick with a digital camera. <laughs> and then we uh, <laughs> digitally added Le- a child photo of Liam. <laughs> I, was like, I wasn't sure if it was like I a was full collage there. or how much is <laughs> Uh, we could just turn this into a Smash Bros. podcast. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, uh, so I always like starting interviews off on the same kind of note. Uh, I find that pretty much any musicians that I've talked to over the years have had a long history with music. They have been just listeners and before they were even people that made music, and they just have a really deep connection with it. Um, so I'm curious if you do recall, uh, what was like the first kind of time you really had a very personal or special connection with music kind of growing up, whether it was as a listener or first getting like your first instrument and just kind of set you on the path that would lead you to playing in all sorts of bands, playing sorts of or ensembles and groups and continuing to perform and kind of set you on the path you're on currently that led you to this humble little podcast. <laughs> Me, Matt and Jake as siblings all, you know, took piano lessons like a lot of people when we were young. I know for me, I think there was like a big um, turning point in like my relationship to the idea of being in a band or something. So we have a cousin who played in this band called Carnival of Sorts. And I remember us all like going to see them play. And that was like the first band I ever saw where like I knew the people. And it was like, oh, these are just like people in a band, you know, like this is just my cousin and his friends. Um, And I think that yeah, that was like a big thing for me um, being young and feeling like, oh, you can 
you can just like be in a band, you know, like you don't have to be super famous person to be able to make music. Like you can just play locally. Um, and so, yeah, you know, I think that was like for me when I really started to think about making music as something that I would, that I would legitimately do in my life above like being in, in band in school and that kind of thing. And I like played yeah, in the school band and percussion and stuff. Oh, but. We love that. Both Joe and I actually met through college band. So we always love some, some phonic band or like concert band oh, representation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've been reflecting on, cause Jake posted this old video of me like playing this Yamaha keyboard with all the, like the crazy sounds when I was, I got it when I was in either kindergarten or first grade. And uh, I was taking piano lessons at the time, but I just loved, like, putting headphones on and just, like, not playing my music, you know, just improvising on it as a little kid. And then I kind of, like, yeah, got away from that for so many years, just with formal training, being, like, in choir and, you know, just being, like, a drama geek in high school. And then I went to school for classical music, and uh, it was not until I came back to the Twin Cities that I got back to like, yeah, just seeing all these creative musicians. Um, and yeah, decided that's what I like, I wanted to dedicate myself to rather than mm -hmm. this, yeah. Like reconnecting with structure. kind of like the more just like getting your hand, just getting out there and just kind of yeah. playing shows, making like no rules at all, you know? <laughs> um, and so, yeah, that's just what it's been past 15 years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> um yeah i mean i also i was i took piano lessons as a kid i remember loathing it um but my my big thing is that i just kind of never shut up uh <laughs> so, like i was always making noise i was always singing and so my parents stuck me in a youth choir and kind of grew from there um continued singing in choirs and eventually picked up a violin too and started playing cello I'm like madam classically trained singer and went to school for music composition um, and you know, I mean, there's something, there are a lot of rules certainly that when people think of classical music, but there's also a total element of being able to be a renegade in that world too, um, that people don't think about a lot. And so I guess I tried for a while, I was like living in these rules and then eventually realized like, it, it doesn't matter what kind of music you're making, like you can make your own rules, right? And rules are good. Uh, in a certain way, right? Rules yeah. without without structure, you know, music becomes boring or or you know, kind of pointless in a way. But if you you know you're making your own rules and give, creating certain guidelines that you can choose to follow or not, um, suddenly you have a kind of a direction of, of you know where where your music can go. And so, yep. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, I think that we have a lot of rules in this band. We we have these self-imposed rules that we don't really speak about, you know, but that are you know kind of there under the surface. Yeah, um, I think yeah, that's definitely important, kind of for like, I guess, grounding a band or like especially like just connecting like the, a group of musicians because you don't have anything to kind of keep you on the same page. Then it's just either going to be. Complete chaos, which is maybe sometimes what you want, or it's yeah. just going to kind of be nothing or like boring, like you said. Yeah, and I think for myself, I sometimes feel like as Liam is talking about sort of classical training and musicality, in the band, I kind of am probably the least like uh, 
musically trained person. And I attribute that to a lot of also I like started out taking some piano lessons, but a lot of my musicality like came in waves sort of, or I, I feel like I took a lot of breaks from things. Um, when I was growing up playing piano, I kind of quit that. And then later started playing guitar and took lessons, but then sort of stopped doing that. And then came, I think a lot of, for myself, musicality and performing came out of being in my early twenties um, when I, I was living in Germany and playing street music there. And so when I think about like musicality and sort of what I bring to the band is like, sometimes I really get lost in like the music language of when they're speaking or sometimes I'm like sitting on this thing and feeling weird. Cause I have a, uh, have samples that have like chords on them, but I can't really follow along with a lot of like, you know, I don't, I can't read music and I can't, um, I don't understand that, but I think I bring a lot of like intuition and intuitive music through that, which I think also came out of my, I mean, I'm playing MPC, which is like traditionally a sort of hip hop production tool. And, um, think also that that was something that I listened to a lot when I was growing in high school growing up it's like you know kind of um, old school hip-hop and in Germany a lot that came from a lot of people that were on there kind of making boom bap music um, and yeah so like uh, these these styles of music like folk music playing guitar and then hip-hop and production like kind of come as more of a intuitive style of music and more accessible so that I feel like that's kind of what I bring to the band is some kind of like untrained, but just like, what about this? And, you know, put in some weird sound or that was kind of how it started out. So yes. Oh, it's good to add some weird sounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I've, oh, oh, I was just going to say, it's like an amazing using, having an MPC being like one of the main instruments or using samplers is like Jake's, Jake's samples are as important as like a lead guitar would be or something. Exactly. Yeah. It just adds some really um, important limitations. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Whereas I think when me and Liam and Todd, there was a time where we were just playing music together and it was just like, it was pretty dorky, you know, a lot of chords, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, trying to be clever, you know, like mm-hmm. really clever about stuff. Um, and then, yeah, once, once me and Jake started making music with MPC, that's when it became like, I was like, oh, now I'm making cool music. Like <laughs> this is actually connecting music, a little like bit cool more music, yeah. on a, on a more immediate level <laughs> yeah it's just a smart, different way you know it's yeah we try to um, yeah i was just gonna say like i've whenever like i read about especially like a lot of like hip-hop producers or people that are or even just folks that are using samplers as their primary musician like a lot of them come to it kind of without that training and follow the intuition so that I, those kind of like lend themselves to each other like you were kind of saying so i that's a cool thing to kind of note and think about um Going from there, so uh, obviously we have some gaps to fill between when three of you first met, obviously as siblings, <laughs> and then Liam later came into the picture. Um, so just kind of trace the history of Liam, like all these musical experiences you had to kind of set you on the creative path, but then leading up to Robot Slide, because I know uh, um, you've played in a lot of different ensembles, even like across, sounds like across the world even, or just playing there in Germany, um, but also just playing in a lot of different groups and organizations ensembles here locally before even coming to robot slide in the last like handful of years so just kind of fill in on how all these musical experiences led the four of you to kind of make this band together um and release the record you just put out that we're going to talk a little bit more about yeah there's kind of like two threads so i think like maybe me and jake could talk about how we started and then todd liam also had some important experiences together 
Um, but I was kind of in St. Paul by myself. Todd was somewhere else. Liam was somewhere else. Jake was in Germany. And uh, Jake, Jake moved back to the cities. And we were just trying to figure out. I had, I had this like little practice space rented. and I had been writing songs. And I'd kind of just left my old bands and was kind of moving away from a crew of people that I'd been making music with for a while. And we were just trying to figure out like how, how to make music together. So uh, we somehow came to this MPC thing, I think through Ableton. We were first just like playing a sample pad through Ableton. And then just had this like really beautiful, I mean, I guess it was like a couple years of where really like we weren't like writing songs really or trying to play shows or trying to be a band where me and Jake were just kind of like, you know, hanging out in this space. Yeah, I think the experience for me of how, I mean, I know the, I came back in 2014 after being gone for about five years and Matt had this little practice space and it was kind of like coming back, not really knowing what I was going to do. I also had a degree that like wasn't valid in America and found that out when I came back. So I studied for five years and then came back and they're like, oh, sorry, that's not really an American bachelor's degree. So I was kind of like <laughs> figuring out what to do with my um, with my time. And I know the, the experience, I know the MPC thing came out of, like I was talking before, these friends of mine in Germany that they're, and also it's kind of funny to think back to like German culture and how a lot of everything kind of seems like it's always like 10 years behind in some type of way with music stuff. Cause all these guys are like really so into golden era hip hop and had like Jay Dilla posters everywhere. It's like Jay Dilla was their idol, of course. And, and, and producing everything with, you know, just in that type of way, like on MPCs with, um, you know, sampling records, sampling jazz records and making this, you know, what is kind of like considered lo-fi now or whatever. <laughs> Retroactively um, classified as yeah, like lo-fi right. chill beats. Yeah, <laughs> chill beats, yeah. yeah, just making mad chill beats. Um, but that, that experience when I came back was like, oh, cool, I... I was just, I'm going to get an MPC that seems like something that um, can kind of carry like a, a a project more than just being like, oh, Matt and I sitting in a space playing guitar or something, you know, and guitar and keys. A lot of it that happened that came out of the experimentation too was just like being just us two together, spending a lot of time going on. We went on a couple camping trips too, where we took a little uh, Tascam microphone with us and we're just like hitting sticks on logs you know and and like whipping sticks through the air making the sampling that stuff um axe man axe man went into axe man and just like sitting there with the digging our hand through the you know the ball (laughs) bearings yeah Yeah. um and kind of put some of that stuff into some weird sounds and packs and then a lot of it was just matt taking synth samples so like using the mpc is also a drum machine Mm -hmm. but then also just like an instrument like a keyboard that has 16 times four keys on it mm-hmm. and then um yeah so there's that like just evolution of that and then i bought an, a, a reverb pedal for it and um that kind of like set up the sound of how how to turn how to kind of humanize the machine mm-hmm. in that type of way yeah it was also kind of crazy because like me and jake really hadn't spent any time together in five years yeah and before that we were like high school you know so we we're more at each other all the time <laughs> um and it was cool to like, you know, we were like 
getting to know each other again and then having a project to base that around rather than like what we do on winter break, which is just smoke weed and watch Miyazaki films, you know, like had something <laughs> not to, bad no. <laughs> to like work at, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was a really, it was a really special time, I think. And so the, the other thread is, um, Liam and I playing music together where we actually met, um, we were in the same dorm freshman year and there was like, or I guess you were in it. You were in it. Right next door. But I, we would practice in your dorm. Though. Yeah. So there was like a music practice room in the basement of my dorm. And there was a drum set down there, which I found out that Liam's bandmate brought down. And I just went down there one day and saw a drum set. And I was like, oh, awesome. Because, you know, when you're in <laughs> school, you're in a dorm. Like, where are you? This must play be drums? public. It's fine. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, you were like, hey, can we, can I play this drums? And we were like, this like, this kid's always trying to play the drum set. Yeah. Like, Whatever, man. Come on. You know? Yeah, we'd always run into each other. We'd always be like down there at the same time. But we didn't guy? really Who is this guy? We didn't really connect in like a like we kind of saw each other and I think I saw a band he was in that was really cool called The Count. Um a few uh, times, Count. but we weren't really we didn't really become like friends right away. It wasn't until um maybe like junior year um of school and there was this uh, this group of friends that did this sort of monthly party open mic thing called Coffee House, where we would all just get together and people would bring their art and hang it on the walls, or people would read something they've written, or obviously there was a lot of music. Um, and yeah, it was just this really amazing, like freely creative. Again, it's like an open mic, but you're like in someone's living room and like hanging out and kind of partying. And a little bit more of, like personal kind yeah. of stuff. Like, and everybody's um, really good. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and everybody was, like was there was like some really incredible musicians. And that Hanging got art, me, reading poetry. And yeah, it was just like yeah, really everything. Yeah. Um, and that got me excited. You know, I, I played, I was pretty into like the concert band type of scene in uh, high school and kind of started playing jazz band my senior year. But through a lot of college, I was kind of playing drums, but I wasn't like playing in bands and stuff. I was just kind of like, coming home and jamming with Matt and doing that kind of thing. But um, through Coffee House, I met Liam and then um, a few other friends, Martin and Brittany, and we um, started to, I started to jam a little bit with Martin um, on some of his songs. And we ended up putting together this band um, called The Lazy Reason. Shout out The Lazy Reason. <laughs> that Lazy Reason, yeah. This band would not exist without a Lazy Reason for sure. Um, yeah, and it was just amazing. It was really great for me too, especially again, like, you know, just being, I'm sure a lot of people experience this where you're like in high school and you're, uh, in band or orchestra or whatever. And then in college, like if you don't have those opportunities that are continuing, continuing to like feed yourself as a musician, then things can potentially like start to peter off. I think that's yeah. where a lot of people lose music. Yeah, And I still... You know, I was never at the point where I was like, oh, I'm like not a drummer anymore. But I wasn't really doing it that much until I started playing um, with that band. And yeah, it was just it was really fun. Um, yeah, it was a really amazing experience for me. And that's how we started playing music together. So when so that was in Madison, Wisconsin, yeah, we went to school together and then eventually both found our way here. Mm -hmm. uh, I took a hiatus in Texas for a little while after that, but. Eventually, we all ended up in the same city. Yeah, by the grace of Gad, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I don't know. 
I mean, we were basically like Liam had moved back after college. We'd, we'd all known, we'd all kind of had these like little mini music experiences together for many years, probably like five. Because I was going to Madison to visit Todd and Liam, mm-hmm. check out the, their bands and stuff. That was in 2010. Yeah. And then like, I think we kind of officially played our first show as Robot Slide in 2000. When was the first uh, Mr. O, It's <laughs> yeah, a Bonk Head, that was Double Double Triple Drop show? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. it was like this really long <laughs> gap. Sorry, we had some, we we had had some different f- band na- We did a uh, different band name for every show. For oh, first, like, okay. And you really got to hear those. So the first one we played was Mr. O. Mr. O. Mr. O. O-H. Because these guys are all Mr. Olson. True. Yep. <laughs> uh, then, we, then we played the show as It's a Bonk Head. Bonk or bunk? Bonk. Bonk. Bonk, okay. bonk head. It's bonk head. a bonk head. Which is a pretty good band name. <laughs> <laughs> is it? I don't know. I think it's, it's a great good. band. It's a great There's no cold play. There's up there. No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then when one is double doppel, triple trapple. That was Matt really dropped that one on us at the last minute. It was like, yeah, they didn't they didn't know that one that was gonna be the name until they saw the flyer. <laughs> yeah. Uh and so we were really struggling with the band name for many years. And then we did find one in an alphabet book um, that I had received on my first birthday. And so, yeah, I think, you know, it's going through the letters. Q-R. Robot, slide, truck, umbrella. Yeah, it's like truck. Yeah, robot, slide. You know, they're the the two letters on that page. Pizza queen. Pizza queen, yeah. Yeah. Truck, umbrella. And Uh, the so are the, like... T-shirts that we have now, that image, if you see that image that says Robot Slide, that's actually um, like the picture from the book. That oh, okay. Got the, the unauthorized yeah. reproduction. Oh, and then there's Chuck Umbrella too. Yep. There we go. Just to be clear, there, was no, there was no copyright information present on this image. So Yeah, yeah, we think it's public domain. We're going to just yeah. uh, call it public domain. You know, I mean, if somebody people, comes knocking. Yeah. Right. I mean, people just like put like cover comps on Bandcamp like every single day without getting any licensing. And yeah, they're fine, I guess. So. I mean, if you ever, if we ever get sued, our band makes negative money. So yeah. it's like you, you have to pay it. us. Yeah. I think yeah. so that would work. That's how that works. Yeah, you yeah. pay like us the lo fi we'll beats the and stuff too. <laughs> yeah. All the lo fi beats like when is Matt Groening gonna come for those people? Yeah. <laughs> or yeah, even like some samples of vaporwave. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's why none of that stuff's like or most of the I don't think they care until yet. you start making you know yeah. some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is so. on one hand, it'd be nice to make a little money, but also like not doing seems, it for the so like it's kind of impossible, but it, yeah, it's, it's definitely yeah. not easy. I feel that the goal right now is to almost make our money back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that'd be cool. To 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 just lose a hundred bucks would be cool. Yeah. That's acceptable. We can we can roll with that. So once start jam with all these uh, different band names, kind of working as a quartet. Um, what had been like the songwriting process? Were these songs that you kind of had worked on, or that you'd kind of all jammed on separately as various pairings or individually? Especially since there wasn't any recorded music or stuff at least I could find on Bandcamp under the Robot Slide name until a few years later. So there's yeah. at least a period of time where you're mostly just, I'm guessing, practicing, playing together, and then playing shows. Um, like, what was kind of like, what songs were you doing? Anything from the record or like what yeah. was kind of the initial era of the band, right? Is like, as far as like the songs you're making, the music, the sounds. 
Well, it's Sounds interesting. <laughs> yeah, like all of the songs on this album, Extend, except for one, are on, I gave Jake and Todd and Liam like a Dropbox folder or something mm-hmm. five years, like almost exactly five years before we finished the album that had those songs as mm-hmm. demos. And some of that had like some work from Jake on the MPC. There's mm-hmm. a lot of MPC on it. Um, because me and Jake had been like starting to form songs and there's a little bit of drums from Todd. Um, but it was mostly just like something me and Jake made and that I kind of stitched, I guess I would say I stitched together. And that was like Mm -hmm. the beginning of me learning how to edit music and like, you know, really use a DAW. And, um, and I think once we hand, I handed those demos to everybody and then that was kind of like, Okay, we're gonna start a band. Like we're gonna make these songs, and we're gonna try to like put this together as a group mm-hmm. and play shows. The demos, by the way, are incredible. Like I when <laughs> I, I got it. my hands on, I was blown away. I mean, it's just like this is something I want to be a part of, right? Mm-hmm. It's like you hear them, and you're just like, this is the coolest. This is just like so cool. Yeah, it's extremely chill. It's it's a cool <laughs> vibe that like is yeah, it's just like just MPC and mm-hmm. you know these synths, and it's really messy, and it's it- just like a very um, a really nice chillness to yeah. it that maybe we'll try to recreate. You know, minimalism to minimalism. Yeah, it's pretty, which like, is not what we have <laughs> yeah. going on right yeah. now with our recorded music. Yeah, that kind of answers the question I was about to ask. Like, is it pretty? Would you to your ears now, especially having obviously just performed, recorded, and created like this the final version of the album? Is it pretty radically different to your ears, or like, is it still like? there's a pretty clear through line between like the initial ideas where it was just the two of you with some MPC guitar and vocals, whatever else and everything you added um, to the full versions of the songs with all four of you and all the collaborators and these fleshed out versions. I think for myself, there's some, there are honestly some moments when I've, when we started rebuilding, when you work on stuff for so long that when we started like rebuilding some of these songs that had some like, you know, felt like I missed some of the old, like had some nostalgia towards some of the old things because of the, I mean, it's really like the structure of it is all there. But for example, like we had this song called Glimpse where um, the original version that we had of it was like just really teased down and minimal. Um, but yeah, it does. It sounds very different, but I think it it does carry the spirit of that. Like the, some of the, the structures of the songs were just so uh, well put together that it they wouldn't fit in the album in that state right now because the whole album is like kind of this um kaleidoscope and those are don't really have that element of you know variety going on in that type of way in dynamics i mean i think that was like a huge problem when me and jake were because we were kind of toying with the idea of trying to play live as a duo but we'd always run into this thing where it's like oh, if we really need to get, like, louder, like, bring some energy to this section, like, how do we do that? You know, it's it's just kind of like, it is like, this is going to be a chill lo-fi beats to study to type band. <laughs> yeah. uh, just playing, like, one-hour sets of, like, one song. Just People are just kind of chatting, just yeah, hanging out. Yeah, coffee shop. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So Liam and Todd came in and just turned into a raucous. <laughs> now we're a rock band. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> So at least going into the stuff that you can find online, like the early days of Robot Slide, um, this isn't the first thing that at least chronologically was released, but this is the earliest piece of music 
um, under that name, at least online. Um, I said, I'd love to hear the demos at some point, but we can at least talk about those uh, yeah. in a more abstract way and still focus more on the actual album the that people web. can buy. Yeah. <laughs> you have to, you have to get real deep and like torrent them or something. Um, but the earliest song on there is um, Looper's Finn, which is <laughs> recorded in 2013, I believe it said, and it's just Todd and Matt. Yeah. So what was that? Especially like deciding to release that so much later and having released a couple actually like, songs, Robots at least ended up on the record and kind of moved past like it's been seven years. What was that song kind of, what does that still mean to you? And what did, what led you to release it even and just kind of, still put it out there. There's even like a little thing on Bandcamp, just kind of tossing it up there for fun, maybe. Yeah, well, that came out of, you know, all this we say about all these different threads. Like, again, there's all these different times where <laughs> just Matt and I were jamming together or, you know, me, Matt. So there's lots of different combinations that kind of happened in the interim yeah. before we all came together and started making music. So that came out of Matt and I... Um, we're just spending some time jamming. It might've just been over like a winter break or something. I don't know exactly. Or maybe that was right after I came home from school. Um, but yeah, we were just hanging out and jamming in this tiny little space in St. Paul. Um, and that little guitar loop thing was just something that I had written. Um, and it was literally just that, like whatever bar two bars. Mm -hmm. Um, and I showed it to Matt and he really liked it. And so I think we just like recorded it and then mostly, you know, everything that came after me, like recording that little guitar loop was something that Matt put together. Um, and so Matt, maybe we can talk a little bit about how you actually oh, yeah. put that song together and like. Yeah, that was, I had just gotten like my first synth, which is not even really, you can't even really call it a synth. It's like called, it's not the micro Korg. It's called like the mini Korg. Okay. And it's like just all digital and really yeah. crappy, but it has this really <laughs> cool, like the fine tune is almost infinite. So you can like fine tune it like multiple octaves. Okay. Whoa. So that's like the yeah. main, uh, <laughs> yeah, pretty it's gross really, tune. It's super cool. Um, and I started with that, and then I wrote a Wurlitzer part. But that was basically, Todd had recorded this loop, and he had been back in the cities for a year. And I was always hounding him to start a band. And uh, he was like, no, I'm going to move to Austin. But hopefully I'll loop back. That's what he said. And so that's actually a song about me being really sad that Todd was leaving. Mm -hmm. And hoping that like we would find ourselves in the same place again. And so I think I kind of wrote that as Todd was dispersing and as jake was coming in to the space and uh that's yeah that's kind of what that song is about uh -huh. so it's like a deep cut but it's also a deep cut <laughs> you know it's the kind of thing we've talked about re-record well we talked about recording it for a little bit and then it's just like it's really like beautiful and weird and kind of yeah. like like it's just like, like the, the is, planet earth yeah, like cover art <laughs> yeah exactly and and so that's why it's loopers you know finn like finn it's done we're not going to like re-record this i think that also i mean it goes back a little bit to an earlier question here is about like where the songs came from most of the songs on extend with the exception of one well i mean all the songs on, on extend are like products of matt uh like matt wrote these songs the one that uh, is like was more written collectively is train song um and then the rest of them are, I think, or, well, I mean, maybe Glimpse, I guess, was more of your situation, Jake. But um, 
I think that we're, we're excited about the prospect of creating music more collectively uh, as we go forward, I think. Well, I mean, we can absolutely still continue to bring individual songs to the band, but it's like, I think it's going to be a lot more... A lot more robot slidey. <laughs> so like, write some songs together. Yeah, um, get all four heads together. For. Yeah. See what comes out. Yeah. I mean, also like the a lot some of those releases were just came out of the drive or desire to just actually put something out when we started, mm-hmm. and I think we're still learning a lot about how to promote ourselves and kind of getting over some of those roadblocks that you have in yourself of like what you can how you know to get yourself out there. Yeah. Um, which was kind of like brought up at the Cedar the other day. Matt made some comment about like, because his uh, partner set up the show at the Cedar. And when we got, when we asked for it before, or talked about it before, we were kind of like, nah, we can't do that. We can't really play the Cedar. Like no one really know, you know, we're not at that level yet. But then we Go had, it. it was yeah. a great show. It was an amazing show. Awesome. It was a good turnout. And Matt was like, yeah, if, if not for Emily pushing us to do this, we might be over at Acadia right now. No shade, like nothing against Acadia. We've played at Acadia. No we've played at Acadia. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, 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 I feel like every band has played at Acadia know? at some point. But, um, I, which is a good time to shout out Aura Vortex Records, which yes. is Emily from Sister Species. That's, you know, how we got hooked up with you. Yeah. Because Emily is our record label manager, <laughs> our band manager or whatever. <laughs> Uh, and she's like really pushed us to do this. Like, yo, you can like make Instagram posts about your band and you can like have people interview. Cause I think there was this like so long where you we can just, podcast. It's you okay. Can do it. You can do it. <laughs> and, and you can tell people to follow robot slide on Instagram at robot slide. <laughs> there yeah. we go. Instagram. Get those plugs. Which has in. been like something I think we were really way too cynical about for a long time, which was a, result of our own insecurity mm-hmm. and it's been a really good pill to swallow to just be like hey we're making like art that's meant to be like listened to by we other want people, people to hear and it, we yeah. want people to hear it. it's not only for ourselves mm-hmm. but that was like you know obviously we spent 10 years making music together before we really like got to that point yeah it's kind of kind of kind of sad but also <laughs> really cool that it like yeah. we got it you know it's just long there. build up period but also like it's just getting started. Like you kind of were already already saying, like already have plans to start working on new stuff more collaboratively. And it's like it's ten years. That's nothing to shake your fist at, but also it's still just getting started. Um, yeah, we got our whole just, lives. We got our whole lives ahead of us. <laughs> the whole the whole rest uh, the however half. long the planet lasts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool. Uh, just since you already brought it up, um, with a uh, work with Orvortex and working with Emily, obviously um, mentioned their band Sister Species, also in Betazoid. Both really cool projects, um, and now just have you been working with them for a little while? How did you actually first get connected uh, and like even meet her? Because I think at least there was a show that y'all played together with Sister Species a few years ago, yeah, but Stuart. maybe it was even before that. At least I just looked on like the Facebook page. I didn't, I don't remember exactly much about it. Um, but just how did that kind of relationship, that partnership, get going? And um. Emily asked me out after a New Year's party. <laughs> so we've been dating for like five years. Oh, that would so, do it. <laughs> I was making it all like really public. Um, but that's like me and Emily are, you know, we're like really close in that yeah. way. And I think it's like, you know, this band is with my brothers. Like we played our release show with like our really like super important, like Sister Species is a really important band to us. 
you know so we're really like all about these really super maybe yeah, like fostering these almost too close yeah. relationships <laughs> to be doing this kind of stuff um but yeah emily is like it, you know obviously i'm biased because we're really close but everybody knows this knows this about emily is like extreme positivity extreme like lack of any sort of self-consciousness about any you know really about anything yeah um and so you know that that kind of relationship although it happened organically has also been like really important in this weird like kind of professional sort of way it's like yeah like we talked about embracing um some of these things so it's yeah it's really deep and really important we could talk about robots, I guess, since that's the early song that's released online, and it was the first song released that featured all four of you at least together instead of like pairings and kind of working in whoever was available and pre-pandemic and just depending on where you all lived and everything. Um, talk a little bit about kind of creating that song, where it came from, um, especially you three kind of coming into it and figuring out what you can add with your distinct kind of musical understandings and histories and everything not to get too like galaxy brained with it <laughs> mm. <clears throat> well we all recently found out what any of these songs are about <laughs> none of us bothered to ask until like uh you know a month or so ago. <laughs> like hey man what do these lyrics mean anyway bro uh, <laughs> but maybe matt can talk about that but there's uh at one point there's actually a metaphor within a simile which i or was it the other way around which, which i found exquisite um but I think I mean coming coming in, Matt made this joke that's not really a joke at the at our show that was like I'm the controlling older brother, um, and is you know a lot of a lot of my parts are prescribed um, by Matt on some of these tunes because you know for my whole life my, as as a bassist I've played too many notes. That's just my it's just a, it's a big big problem for me. <laughs> as a bassist <laughs> playing too many notes, and I'm like really working on it, and that uh, really cracked, uh, drops the hammer. Um, that kind of thing and um it's a it's a fine give and take uh and especially on that part with my bass line there's there is i do get some freedom to to play too many notes which is which is great but for the most part i get to sit back and i also there's a moog line on there that um is very very nice and minimal and and is lines up very very closely to what matt is doing and um yeah, that song for me is an example of of one where I didn't really have to work to write a part. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I did, you know, kind of organically write a part, I was reined in a little bit, but Matt also gave me a little touch of, a little taste of freedom. A little bit of freedom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's kind of hard to like even think back on a lot of these for I when yeah, <laughs> the parts so, got written so because ago. they've like, existed in a lot of different forms and like the part that is on the record and is like the real drum part and bass part and anything else um you know came out of like a long time of just jamming on stuff and then slowly refining or taking things out or adding things um so yeah it's like really hard for me to think back especially for that one i think that was maybe the second song that we actually recorded um after rabbits i think was the very first one so um but yeah a lot of the we were just listening back on like a lot of the drum parts got really written and mostly finalized they're pretty similar to what they are now in like a short period before we played our very first show which just and which matt initially just booked for himself 
And then he was like, do you want to play drums? And I was like, yeah, let's do it. So we spent like 10 days. Must have been, we must have been during summer break or something because we just like got together every single day for like three hours. We would bike to the practice space. Um, and so, yeah, honestly, I, it's, I, I don't remember how the drum part came together, but it was just like jamming out on something that was written before. And then probably it was pretty similar to what exists now, but then over a long period of time, especially when we started recording Mm -hmm. is when we really started to take like a critical look at all the parts and figure out exactly what there's kind of lots to be there and Mm -hmm. like what doesn't i also tend to play like more or weirder stuff than i really need to um so when we started recording things there's a lot of times especially where matt really um pushed me to like okay it doesn't need everything doesn't need to be like some weird like three on two (laughs) like (laughs) there's still a lot of that but you know i you know a lot of the drummers i like um especially like in the Minneapolis jazz scene stuff. There's a lot of the people that I really look up to and um, influence me a lot. And um, so, yeah, there was a lot more kind of like craziness and overtime. I think another thing we haven't really spoke on, that's a pretty huge part of the whole project and the band, something that we spend a lot of time doing is, and, and it kind of speaks to the, what Liam and Todd are talking about with the tightening up parts and how Matt kind of does take a lot of, sort of like control to get parts right and and not have them be too much or not have them sound like a certain thing or or sound like something that might be like a musical trope or something like that but that we spend we have like hours and hours if not like days worth of just free open jams we spend a lot of time like just going in the space and just hanging out and i mean that was like for a for a time not we didn't we weren't going to the space to like make a band project or something oftentimes and that is kind of speaks to the looseness and maybe the like you know floating elements of what we've been doing have just been like and and sort of sometimes like directionless because we would be like just literally playing the most random stuff and that was and a lot of that is i don't know how many of our current songs have come out of like that type of experience a lot of them are more based on like a skeleton that matt came up with but there have been some new things that we've been doing that are like literally just out of some, you know, like an, and it'll be like three hours worth, you know, mm-hmm. of just, and sometimes it'll be one theme or something that's going yeah. for, you know, 45 minutes and yep. then just do like the, the jazz recorded. fusion yeah, thing yeah, where you yeah, just yeah, like yeah. take like a 24 minute segment of like a four hour recording and be like, this is the track. <laughs> and we started just having to delete a bunch of stuff, but I, we did buy a 12 terabyte high drive. Recently. <laughs> <laughs> like literally there's that, that many like, hours of improvisations from over the years but um so an interesting thing about robots and like what jake was talking about how these kind of songs started well i remember the exact moment when that song was written and it was literally like me and jake were in the space and i had just kind of programmed that patch on my korg dw mm-hmm. synthesizer from like yeah, it's like an 18, 1985 digital hybrid. Like <laughs> 1895. 1895. <laughs> Protos. Um, and I, like, I always have a habit of, you know, kind of starting to freak, like, freak out about things. I'm like, oh, man, we can't find anything cool. I'm like playing. And I just played like two notes on it. And Jake's like, oh, that's really cool. And then I was like, oh, it's cool. And then, that you know, the parts are simple. And that <laughs> you just was need the song. one other person like, to tell you it's cool. I don't know. There are a bunch of songs, actually. Rabbits was improvised at first 
um, as a jam between me and Jake. Glimpse was a jam. Layers was a jam. There's so much stuff that is just me and Jake improvising. And then this little snippet got just sounded really cool. Mm-hmm. And then I, I and then I would do the work to like, yeah, yeah, to structure that out. But pretty much everything was like if Jake also said it was cool, <laughs> then it would turn into a song. If Jake didn't say it was cool, like, yeah, I have a really bad habit of just like recording I mean, I like my my phone on my voice memos has like, mm-hmm. I mean, literally like oh, yeah. thousands of ideas days, that I've never showed days. any of them, and I know they'd just be like, "Oh, it's cool," but that moment where somebody's like, "Yeah, let's do that," mm-hmm. then that's where it becomes a song. It's not like, "Oh, this is the best idea out of a thousand. Yeah. It's just like by chance. And like focusing on like the tangible excitement, kind of from like a more in the moment thing. We're like, "Oh, mm. I liked that that you just played. Like that just yeah. happened." Let's keep doing that. Yeah. I think yeah. one thing to think about also the songwriting process, and I know a lot of other bands go through this process of like they write a, a lot of songs and then kind of pick out like the 10 for their album or something, mm-hmm. you know, like and they'll have a whole, um, you know, catalog of sort of either, but kind of more completed songs. But our pretty much the songs on the album are the songs that we have like fine tuned over the years. So mm-hmm. we don't really have that many other full tracks and I think that kind of speaks to a process that we have are pretty picky about what we even like spend time on in the first place and, and the songs and developing. themselves these songs on this album are just like so complex yeah that <laughs> it's just like I, I think we're hoping that yeah it's gonna be I, a little we, less yeah complex we, I mean that's something forward. that's sort of been like a double-edged sword too because then it's like we get stuck playing the same things and we don't and we lose some of that more more of that you know um, spontaneity to spontaneity to everything. Yeah, that's just definitely up something with that... an idea and and just letting it happen mm-hmm. rather than yeah. Train song is the one that has like the little chip tune breakdown too. <laughs> oh, like that's the goose at the or, end, Lagoose. Lagoose. Okay, but, I think mm-hmm. I was listening all in like the car ride over yeah, and yeah. just for like the third or fourth time. I was like, oh, ugh. yeah. But, but train song is just like bananas. That's know, another bananas like, one. Um, so she's like kind of like the like the vocal like parts on that are really crazy. But like, there's just a lot happening and especially i'm imagining the perspective of v4 is different having been with these songs and worked with these songs for years and years and years versus me who's like very new to them and still just kind of engaging on a much different level where it's like just different perspectives on the same thing um so i'm uh curious also just kind of get maybe a little more about that kind of how did you come up with all these like different complex parts how did you kind of land on them was it all through the jamming or how was it like oh let's see if we can add a part here was that a little bit more natural or more deliberate kind of in the song skeletons that you were composing um especially in contrast to kind of the new direction y'all are headed in where it's kind of diminishing that at least a little bit and kind of streamlining maybe some parts yeah you know a lot of it did again come from like matt in the editing room with these jams, like figuring out, you know, putting the puzzle pieces together of like different parts um, to try and figure out the flow of the song. But then there was, you know, there was also a lot of work actually as a whole band, you know, especially with something like train song where we had all these pieces and then we actually had to sit down and figure out, okay, how do these things fit together and how are we going to, you know, like our, one of our eternal struggles is, trying to figure out how to transition from one part to the next part. Cause we have all these like 
cuts where we kind of go into this totally different thing. So there's a lot of that, like, oh, how many bars should this thing go for? And where can we cut things down so that we're not like sitting at something for too long of a time? But yeah, it's really interesting with these songs now because we've been playing them for so long and sitting with them for so long that it all feels like very natural. All of these weird cuts and like jumps and times where we speed up and slow down. At this point, it's like, oh yeah, that's just how the song goes. And especially when we play them live and people are like, how did you like know that this was the time to like do this thing and figure out that. And yeah, it's just like when you spend, you know, seven years or whatever <laughs> working second on songs nature, and you're yeah. like, oh, I don't know. I, I thought that was pretty normal place yeah. to cut it. It's easy, and they're like, easy no, it's to forget. Not it felt right to me. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like spending, yeah, just spending like an insane amount of time working on, on this music is a big part of how, how that sort of like sound comes together of of this sort of yeah kaleidoscopic like jump cuts i mean i also don't want to downplay like the the how collaborative the band yeah totally i mean like i literally didn't write any of i never like wrote todd's drum part or i mean there may be a few moments where i was like liam you should play exactly this on the bass but that's usually when it's like really simple but pretty much everything is and like jake i would like help him make the samples but Jake's parts are, you know, like completely, you know, everybody is super original and everybody in this band is a really good composer and artist in their own right. Like, um, I think what I did was kind of like took on the role of curating these parts and being like, yo, this like, just like simply doesn't work. And that was really hard for us to figure out how to like say yes to everything mm-hmm. and then like yeah, right. still make it listenable. And so, like, this album, which is, like, really maximalist and, like, really has a lot going on, is kind of, like, the bare minimum of, like, all right, we said yes to everything and, like, this is... <laughs> what can we This is, like, out? what... It, it kind of satisfies every... I mean, Liam still, like, twiddles around and does some crazy shit on the bass, you know, in this album. A and, little bit. He's, they, they, I get a couple of lines. Couple I mean, moments. that's my thing. I mean... Throughout the process, it is very, very collaborative. I, I you know, at, at first I, I, I was giving Matt too much credit. He's, you know. <laughs> he is definitely like the foreman of the operation, but he's, he's, uh, it is a very collaborative process. And, and uh, I mean, like, there's a lot of butting heads that happens. You know, these guys are all brothers. So it's like they've grown up at each other's throats, obviously, and in each other's arms too, right? It's just like, um, and they've all, but they're all like, they've all got their own agendas too, right? And... I, it's so funny that when I find myself like siding with any one of them on a thing, because oftentimes, you know, I got to form alliances to <laughs> to further my own agenda, right? <laughs> Which is always it's like geopolitics, more but in the band. Bass lines. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, yeah, it's just like it's 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 an interesting process, and you know, there are roadblocks, but it's always like finding ways to compromise with each other, and at the end of the day, it's going to be fine. I think also specifically the sound of the album is very different than what we started out doing before we started recording. And I mean, there's like a, there's kind of like a phase of us playing live shows for a while before we really were serious about recording the album and then, and but the same songs and then going into recording them and then coming back out 
and like what we played at a release show was very different than like the songs than when we played them mm-hmm. a year ago or two years ago when yeah. we were. Yeah. Um, but that also, you know, the album itself is a lot more multi-track than anything that we were doing before. But some of that multi-tracking is like bled into this, you know, just the the nuance of it or kind of like the essence of the multi-tracking of having like really weird sounds has kind of bled into the live performance a little bit yeah. more. Yeah, what's really like amazing really, is... We have so many sounds on the... And there's like weird samples that Matt had put in that aren't really live played parts and yeah. things that just add to that. But the beautiful thing about an MPC is like... Now they are live play. You know, we like take <laughs> that thing. Yeah, it like bounces back and forth between like the DAW and Jake's MPC and the band and the mic. You know, everything just kind of keeps swirling around and like, yeah, releasing this album. Then just finally we played it live, you know, two days ago. And it was like, okay, these are the final versions of these songs. And we really are like, we're going to we move on now. Yeah. <laughs> Which took a long time. We stop but writing it's also these songs. <laughs> You know, yeah, I think talking about kind of like the um, the kind of like artistic tension that happens between all of us. And I've been like, as I said, you know, it's kind of we've been working on this for 10 years. It's kind of weird, right? Mm-hmm. Well, not really like working on this album, but we've been working took us together. so long to put yeah. something out. Um, But now we're also like older and better at communicating and probably have like mm. a lot less of the weird baggage we had when we were in our early 20s and like i think what's less of the kind egos. of like cool about doing this later in our i mean i'm 34 you know is like we have the ability to communicate with each other i mean it's always going to be hard it's like your family you know like you can't avoid it um but we have the ability to like stay committed to doing it which i think if we had been doing this a lot earlier with three brothers and just like dealing with all that like brother and also just like masculine weird energy, <laughs> like um, at that time, it easily could have fallen, yeah. fallen apart, you He's know, like learn kind of going off what you were saying um, with kind of synthesizing these like influences that maybe like are similar reference points and shared musical, like appreciation, like things that you all enjoy, um, especially kind of going with some of your, previous experiences like performing like when emily initially sent out the email had like mentioned a few like fairly at least to me like mind-blowing almost like playing with like the minnesota opera playing with these other kind of like like the the gamelan ensemble all these different groups and then some like the other choral stuff that maybe you did either as individuals or some selection of the four of you um how did you synthesize and kind of bring those influences into the sounds and like the musical compositions for this album because if you look at like the list and kind of like figure out what kind of those styles of music are you maybe wouldn't hear them immediately besides like obviously there's a vocal arrangement that <laughs> transfers pretty straightforwardly but how did you kind of allow those to seep into this album and as you were making it over the last decade and however long you since you at least like kind of locked a lot of these parts in it just kind of happens yeah. Yeah. I mean, I that think like <laughs> I mean, I think that's another cool thing about like not not being like only a a band, you know, like we've had all this time where we're kind of playing semi in this band, but also doing all these other musical things. I think that's been like super important for us, and also just like we love all types of music. Like me and Liam have sang in some really weird like choral ensembles together, and Todd plays Brazilian drums, and Jake's like actually an amazing 
acoustic guitar player and like folk singer. And used to be a pretty good freestyle rapper. We're not going to make him do that anymore. Get some bars on the next album. Yeah, we do actually have some stuff that has some bars on it. Yeah. We got some yeah bars. Looking forward to say, it. Yeah. For me, like, um, yeah, Brazilian music is something that I've been playing and pretty, like, pretty serious about for, you know, 10 years now or something. Um and that, yeah, it affects a lot of how I play drums. I mean, in some ways it's like kind of more direct in terms of like the kinds of grooves or the kinds of like swing or feel that Samba, Samba is like mostly what I play has. So a lot of that comes in in a really direct way, but also um, I feel like it does, it helps, especially like collaborating a lot to be playing that kind of music because um a lot of what I play is, um, you know, it's called like Samba Hio. It's like the the kind of Samba that you see at Carnival in Rio de Janeiro. And, you know, those groups have hundreds of drummers. When I was in Austin, I played with a Samba group and, you know, we'd consistently have like 45 drummers at every practice playing. And it really taught me to like, yeah, to let go of some of that ego of like, you know, showing that you're really good or something or cause it's like you play the part, you know, there's no fooling around. There's no showing off. Like if you're playing a Samba part, then like you just have to play that part. And it is often like the same bar over and over, you know, you might just be playing the exact same measure for like 20 minutes. And so just getting into that mindset of really like, okay, I'm just like locking in, to this group and there's nothing yeah there's nothing about what i'm doing that's special compared to any of the other 40 you're, people that are here you're part of the whole versus yeah like, you're part I'm, of the whole i'm the cool one right. i'm the good one <laughs> yeah and so it's like okay what's my contribution to this it's like well my contribution is to be like another person playing this part right it's not to like my creative juices are gonna like it's like no you're just like another person that adds more of this sound and you need to do it well and you need to like lock in with everyone. So I feel like that's helped me a lot um, in playing with people to like, again, break down that ego and be like, okay, maybe sometimes I do just need to like play something really, really simple and just lock it in. Last question specifically about the record, just kind of talked a lot about pretty much everything to do with it, which is awesome, but just kind of going around in the circle. Um, it doesn't have to be a part that you yourself play just something. What is one of your like, favorite moments just on the record. Something that always kind of stands out to you. Yeah. Um, there's a part, one part that I, I really enjoy playing and hearing. Um, I play drums on every, you know, I mostly just play drums. There's one song where I play synth on, um, and that's glimpse. And there's this kind of synth line that happens kind of near the beginning of the song. Um, that Matt and I wrote together and yeah, it's, it's a nice, for me, it's like a really nice break from, yeah, just like really kind of like rocking out <laughs> on drums and stuff just to play this very, like, it's very chilled out um, and kind of like meandering part. So it just has a very different feel for me musically than everything else I'm doing. Um, and it's really fun to play live. Um, 
so that's something I yeah I really love playing that part and and um, I love listening to it too. An- another part that I really like that was hard to get together um, is in Train Song. There's this train crash that happens um, where things just get like really chaotic and crazy for a little bit, um, and there's sort of like a more um, shreddy drum solo sort of like freeform part there. Um, and that took a really long time for me to like feel really confident about. Cause that's, that's not really mostly how I play. Like I, you know, I don't play a lot of like shreddy fills and stuff most of the time. Um, so to really like get the confidence to do that also like Matt pushed me a lot to like really learn a part for that. Cause I was always just kind of improvising and that was cool. Um, but to really like lock in, okay, just figure out at least like a skeleton for what that looks like. So that when, especially for recording, right. That like, you know, that you can just like hit it and rock it out in time and not like speed up or slow down a bunch, which I do a lot when I'm like really straight. I'm like, oh! um, so that, yeah, that was like a real challenge to, to get to the point where I, f- I felt really confident about that. And it's a really also very fun part to play on the very other end of the spectrum from the synth line of something where I really just get to like kind of go wild and hit things really hard and use the whole kit, you know, like play everything. So yeah, those are some of my favorite moments. Um, I think bubbles is a really special song and they're just, I don't know on all these songs, this thing is like, I spent so many hours like for all these songs going absolutely insane. Um, but I remember bubbles just like being pretty natural. Jake came in with this just like crazy arpeggiated thing. Like he, he bought a, a new pedal and it, you know, you usually the pedal doesn't write the song for you, but that one like really had some like crazy. I just remember Jake coming in and we were like, this is so sick. And that was kind of like in the early stages of recording. Um, also, I opened a LaCroix can in that song and close mic it. Uh, and it kind of coincides with some of the stuff Jake's doing. I don't know. There were just a lot of really fun. I had like a lot of fun and a lot of... There were there were like a lot of roadblocks because I had never recorded anything before mm-hmm. this. And that, um, something we haven't talked about is that like we did self-record this in yeah. our garage studio. Yeah. Uh- Future um, Dust Garage. It's called the Future the Dust Garage, <laughs> the, and um, that was a the other the other thing that we only had, we're not going to talk about this, but we we like built the studio by hand in this process. So we like framed it, drywalled it, yeah, um, and that's what that's where we recorded this. And so that whole process was like was really special. But yeah, I can't think of like a specific moment. I don't know. They're just like so it's many cool very things and, question, yeah. and everything was a journey. And I just like look back and have the memory of when it came together and it, you know, we all like did it spending time with each other. Sometimes it's hard, but also it was like a lot of fun, you know? So yeah, it was a special time. Glad it's over. but it's <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I was also going to, I mean, bubbles is my favorite tune on the record. It's just like, so just so, so it's just so, 
<laughs> and I mean, they're all they're all great songs, obviously. Um, and yeah, and, and Train Song is just a just a blast to play throughout. You know, um, and I mean that's another. I thought was talking about the drums, but that's the, there is a moment in that song where it's just like, all right, we're gonna slow down here, and then we're gonna speed up, and then I'm, it's like the song's in seven, but I'm gonna play this like five over four things. We speed up. <laughs> stupid unnecessary <laughs> complexity um but yeah i mean the whole process has just been so great just just like spending time with my friends making amazing music and yeah i mean building building the studio was definitely a challenge we were doing i mean there was times when we were just out in the middle of winter like you know an uninsulated building like putting up Putting in the insulation, (laughs) (laughs) putting in the, you know, uh, it's just like wild um, to think about that time. Um, And, you know, I've I've talked about, you know, kind of working through my my own ego and what I think is best. I think is always a challenge. It's always going to be something that I'm dealing with. Probably all of us are always going to be dealing with, you know, throughout the rest of our lives (laughs) as we continue to to live in a world that's populated with other people, Uh, you know. Not, you can't really change that. Right. <laughs> and um, just, I think probably experiencing some frustration that it has taken us this long, you know, to to do anything with our lives. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. I mean, I mean, you know, frustration. The frustration is real. That that you know, it's taken us forever to get this album out, but we're here now, and and it's just a beautiful product. Yeah. And focus on the fact that it did finally happen, instead yeah. of how long it took. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. One of my favorite moments on the album, and just in some in songs in general that we've written, is on Levelhead. There's there's this part. It's kind of have like a there's sort of like a double side to this, but the one side of it being the something that we had like Matt and I had put together a really long time ago, which was like sort of a a gear um, situation with the looper pedal, where it kind of like breaks down into this little drum beat thing, and um, and then just builds up over the course of like maybe eight bars or something of just like the same thing repeating over. Um, and I, I listened to it on a, a friend took a video of it yesterday and just really liked that part. We had, we had like trombones and trumpets on it in the, on the album. Um, and then something that was really cool that came out of that on that song that like was a huge surprise to me was Matt like put in, I had recorded some like Kenneth Patchen albums like poetry from just a record that I don't even know I found in some, you know, free bin or something like that. And then um, a really long time ago, probably like 2014 or something like that, was like when we were first having the space, just like record some little weird vocal samples. And then on the end of the album or the end of that level head song, after it kind of goes into there, Matt like added in some really weird uh, samples from that that had been on somewhere that we would play it into something or had found them on the computer. Um and that I just think that yeah, it's just kind of like speaks to that weird energy and yeah. the, the sort of like surprising Anything being surprised goes, by yeah. someone's decision on the song. Um, and then I I think the challenge sometimes is like yeah, trying to think of what to how to go forward with it and to be more to try and like take yourself a little bit more seriously as a band and um, hoping that you know we can sort of with with it with being able to let go of the older versions of things but then like trying to hold on to some essence of just being a little bit more concise with what we're doing (laughs) so you've already kind of alluded to this a little bit and it's only been 
few days since the album's out. So, I mean, hopefully there's at least a little bit of a taking a deep breath in and feel that sense of accomplishment. But here's, you already kind of have some stuff in the works. Like what is the immediate future? What is even maybe the long-term future hold for the band? Like what are you kind of hoping to jump to next? Just, I guess I'm keeping, continuing to work on the new songs. Hopefully play some shows if that starts happening again. That too. I think that's like <laughs> what we really want to do and we've been working on some more improvisational things for live music, long form. And then, yeah, just start start writing more songs. Hopefully keep up like some nice momentum from this release. Yeah. Um, and... I don't know, probably just keep doing it. I don't think we have like any nothing concrete, real, yeah. real real big plans or like I don't think our ambition has changed dramatically no. or anything. It's just like this is something that we're gonna continue to do yeah. when we have energy after our day jobs as youth workers <laughs> and yeah. uh hopefully it's something that we like have the energy to keep doing together for a while, you know. Yeah, First, we're going to take a couple weeks off. Yeah, yeah. please. <laughs> like <laughs> 10 years of work. Yeah, like, like in a couple weeks. Yeah, like we've said too, I think we're all really excited about writing songs in a new way and finding new ways to put things together and like focus on sound and texture a lot rather than like, again, the kind of like really complicated time changes and like weird grooves and stuff that are happening um so yeah we're really we're we're excited to to be able to like step away from that mode of making music where it's very like mega technical and like really really hard to play <laughs> and you have to like <laughs> shed Let's go it easy a on lot. <laughs> and um yeah and just focus on yeah like more experimentation and again improvisation um and yeah, just like cooling things down a little bit and 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 chilling out. I'm sure there's still going to be a little bit of shredding that happens from time to time, but um, yeah, it'll be really nice. Again, these songs have existed in some form or another for so long, and I know we're all at a very different place musically than when they got written um, and have different interests musically. So I'm really just excited to see where the all the influences that we've gained in the past 10 years since like these songs started getting put together, how those can meld with what we've done before and, and make something that still sounds like robot slide, but also, you know, has a very distinct feeling if we end up putting together another record or something, which I think we're going to try to do. Um, yeah. To just feel like that's like a real so. distinct I think so, do you? <laughs> piece. Yeah. <laughs> A distinct. The first piece one of just music. came out. We'll leave it open ended. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're not making any, not forcing you to make no any like formal commitments. Here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Or a vortex hasn't pressured us too much to get the next record out. Or so a vortex hasn't made us sign a, a three album deal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's like the saying where it's like you have forever to write your first album, then like a, like a year to write your right. second or whatever. <laughs> I'll probably have like the measurements of time incorrect there but that's no, yeah, it's, it's a way to kind of like get in your own with that yeah. Yeah. Um, going for more of the frank ocean approach right. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, when you're going to drop your endless to, to get out of the album contract yeah. Right, right. <laughs> um yeah i think the something that is that we haven't really that we've been like touching on in in our music and playing is the experimental element of things and sort of like breaking down some of that and like coming going back to we were talking about yesterday like having a sample day we're just going out for a walk or something and just bringing the microphone with mm -hmm. and just kind of getting back into 
experimenting and putting the songs Finding down. Finding sounds. Yeah. Yeah. Some new sounds. It's a brave new world out there. <laughs> we can get some snow sounds. We, can, yeah. we don't yeah, have any crunching snow. <laughs> That's and then we do have some songs that we've just had to put to the wayside for so long due to COVID and mm-hmm. due to recording too. It was just like <laughs> that was something that we weren't focused on at all yeah. for the past two years especially was being like taking some of these half finished songs or like half you know and revisiting figured out ideas and actually doing something with those so yeah. i think kind of a mixture of taking some of those ideas and being like let's let's finalize these and then starting on brand new ideas really fresh stuff yeah um awesome so just like i like starting interviews kind of on the same note i like ending them on the same note um to kind of parody another uh, music podcast I, I like to call this the local music recommendation corner um so if you just have any other like bands or just artists here in the cities especially but otherwise just maybe in general like friends or just people you're just fans of um just kind of shouting out bands or artists you think people should maybe check out especially if they are digging uh extend and digging the robot slide album yeah um well, Cole, Cole Police and or Lynn Avery and Cole Police just released this really cool ambient thing. Oh, okay. uh, we're really influenced, or we like really have dug Lynn's music. She makes, yeah, you've probably heard it, but um, beautiful music with Ice Blink that we've all gotten really into. Um, Liam just introduced us to Juana Molina. She's not a local artist, but not a local artist. But hey, we've been like really, like something, we'll keep it in. It's something to definitely check out. Um, and just saw a show last week, uh, with a band called Mr. Zip, which was mm-hmm. spectacular. Okay. So if anybody can catch that band, but I mean, yeah, you know, we haven't been in the live music, um, yeah. that world has getting, kind of been gone for two years. Yeah. So it's just kind of been, yeah, some releases we've heard, but for me, those are, uh, kind of the three in the past, like week that i've been thinking a lot about three artists yeah i was going to say the same thing the ice blink and lynn avery and cole stuff is really awesome um and also we just have a lot of friends that have supported us that really influence what we do and inspire us um loud sun one of our friends andrew jansen um is a really great band that we we all love um hardy har is another group that um has supported us a lot and that whose music really inspires us. So there's a few more um, local artists that we dig. They neither has had super recent releases, but um, yeah, it's yeah, definitely worth checking out. Yeah. I think y'all hit all the yeah, stuff. <laughs> you didn't talk about like Dex's crew. Or anything? Yeah. I was going to talk a little bit about that. Cool my, artists. I've, I'm releasing my, uh, releasing my own album, very soon. Well, oh, cool. It's going to start releasing music in about a, two weeks. Uh, and my engineer, Dex Wolf, makes his own amazing music um, and also just works with a lot of really, really talented people. Um, oh, <laughs> boys. There's just there's a whole lot of them. Yeah. Did I find the list? Do you want me to go find the list? <laughs> like, I'm like the little bingo for like every podcast. It's like someone be like, there's too many. Yeah. At this point, like, like, oh, we're going to miss something. somebody. Yeah. I know, there's yeah. a million, million people, but. Um, no, but Dex did do a lot of, did do a lot on our album too. Yeah. Some, some good friends that collaborated on the technical side of things for sure. 
Yeah, there's so I mean, so many people in the Twin Cities. I mean, it's just like the only reason this happens is because of local music. You know, that's like Yeah, it keeps everybody. Too many going. too many to count and name. It's just like our yeah. favorite thing ever. You know? Yeah. yeah. I mean more overwhelming in a good way. More central to what we're doing right now is off of like Aura Vortex and some of the people that work with us, like um Ariana is was playing cello with us is mm-hmm. like starting a project that um cool. they're kind of working on themselves um spaceport yeah <laughs> also uh, tentative name yeah shout out to daniel bones for dan dukic just released a really cool album a couple months ago called footnotes that you should definitely check out AP lose aura vortex other other aura other vortex yeah. artists um potentially kaylee conway as well from milwaukee oh uh, cool. will be joining us on aura vortex yeah yeah, definitely. Just I like, don't say potentially on it. Uh oh, it's not confirmed. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, check out Aura Vortex for the, the whole roster of music. Yeah. yeah, and that the plug for that is I think just at Aura Vortex Records, and that will pretty much have all the info on you know releases yeah. and like website, social media, Bandcamp, anything. I think yeah. it all should yeah. be centralized. Yeah. yeah, and obviously, Robot Slide. You guys have music's all on. Uh, Streaming services, you have cassettes and CDs I have now discovered. Yeah. Um, and uh, you want to repeat repeat that pluggable, repeat the at so we can find you? At Robot Slide. Just at Robot Slide. Robotslide.fun. Our Facebook page has been hacked, but we still <laughs> like it. We're never going to back. We literally can't <laughs> unhack it. I don't know what's going on. I was going to say, because no I, I, I looked on there, I was like, they haven't mentioned the app. There's not been nothing yeah, since no Christmas 2020. Yeah, yeah. Nothing about the album that just came <laughs> out. Mm, I mean, I get it. It's Facebook, so like maybe just yeah, like, putting that to anymore? sleep. Just like, yeah, <laughs> no one uses this except for like our grandparents and um, sometimes not even them. Yeah. Uh, Robotsliveband at gmail.com for bookings. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Stay tuned for future show announcements as well, especially if you dig the record. Uh, I personally am hoping to catch a show, especially now that I've spent a couple of days with it. Uh, thank you so much for stopping by and thank chatting you. up the record. Yeah, uh, the and also just thanks for... Yeah, <laughs> you only came here for the coffee. It's just <laughs> free coffee uh, just at a local house. Yeah. Um, but only if you're in a band. You have to be in a band, then you get free coffee. Yeah. Uh-huh. Cool. Thanks again, guys. Yeah, thanks so much. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. The Ear Coffee Podcast is a companion to the blog of the same name. If you like this episode, please leave us a rate and review so we can stand out among the other music podcasts. You can follow us at Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Ear Coffee. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye.